Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. La 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 la. Oh, beautiful, Phil. I see you've got let the, the spirit of the season has infused you. Well, I do love Easter, Mike. <laughs> Wrong season, Phil. I do love Christmas, Mike. Happy birthday. Happy Hanukkah. All of the above. Happy Hanukkah, applies. Well, as you may have guessed, it's time for our annual holiday episode. This is our third annual holiday extravaganza, which is pretty exciting. We're getting uh, we're getting long in the tooth. Yeah, I know people are going to get bored of us soon because our teeth are so long. <laughs> and to those people, I say the nay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so it's our holiday episode. We're a little off the rails. I don't know about Phil if he's been drinking too much, whatever they drink that's not eggnog over there because they don't have we just, eggnog. We just drink, we just drink uh, ginger biscuits uh which have been dipped in port okay mm. that sounds strong yeah we don't we don't do that but it sounds <laughs> okay. it sounds like a british thing but it's not yeah it does yeah. all right now that our listeners have no idea what we're talking about mm-hmm. um christmas it's our holiday episode have i mentioned lately that it's our holiday episode <laughs> uh we're obviously a little giddy uh it's the end of the year which means not only is it our holiday episode it is actually going to be our final episode of the year this is kind of a, a new tradition we've also settled into which is taking a little break at the end of the year uh for a couple reasons one we know some people out there might be a little behind on their listening so it gives them a chance to get caught up and two let's phil and i have a little time to recharge our batteries and Things just get hectic at this time of the year anyway. It's hard to schedule recordings. It's hard to find time to edit. And, you know, there's just so much holiday stuff going on and so much eggnog to drink that we figure we'll take a few weeks off. We'll come back beginning of January. We're going to have some exciting new stuff to debut in the show with our 100 Years of Hollywood. And uh, this is a good way to sort of round out the year with our holiday extravaganza episode. So, Phil, why don't you tell people what we're going to be covering in this holiday episode? Yes, we're going to be going after the ending of just one film, but it is How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 2000. That's the one with Jim Carrey in. And we'll also be doing our top 10 favorite Christmas movies of the 2000s. That's 2000 to 2009. Exactly. So I, I got to say, Phil, I am very excited uh, to get into our ending. Is that because is that because you love love the Grinch movie so much? No, I hate it, actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I really don't. I really don't like that movie at all. Uh, apologies to my sister-in-law. So here's the thing. Uh, obviously, we're going to do the, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's the Jim Carrey live-action version directed by Ron Howard. It was a huge hit. It's on TV every year. My sister-in-law, Kate, it is her favorite movie of all time. Which obviously doesn't say a whole lot about her taste in movies. But uh, <laughs> hi, we, Kate. By the way, we, I'm Phil. Yeah, hi. hi, Kate. Apologies to all the fans out there who who love this movie dearly. I am not one of them. I really, I just, I don't like it. I, I find it grating. Uh, and I've actually this year I asked her to watch it before we come up for the holidays, so I don't have to sit through it again because <laughs> I've had to do that too many times over the years. But we do know people love this movie, so we wanted to get in. You know, we wanted to do after the endings for it, and I cooked up something a little bit special. For, for fans of the movie. Yes, but- I, I, I was intrigued when you sent me that message uh, because as you as you no doubt know, long-term listeners, uh, we don't we don't know what the other one's written, but I got a message off Mike today saying, I have written the best ending I've ever done and it'll probably bring world peace and <laughs> put us in contact with aliens. So I just cannot wait 
to hear what it is. <laughs> but like Mike, I, I don't know about that. Well, no, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, but I think I think people will enjoy it. But what, what about you, Phil? How do I? Am I standing alone on this, or, or are you a fan? Or no, you I'm not really not a, fan. a fan. I've never really been a fan of the whole story. I do like Doctor Seuss stories, but this one was never one which I really liked. And the Jim Carrey one, while I thought the costume and the makeup was amazing, it just sort of was like a. Uh, Nah, I don't hate it, but right. it's just like, nah. Yeah, see, I, I kind of do hate it. But I do. Now, the difference is, though, I really like the story of the Grinch. I love the Dr. Seuss classic. I love the animated one with Boris Karloff. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and I, I like the whole story of it. I just don't think it stretches out to, a, a, you know, a, a hundred minute film very well. Uh, and I just really didn't like the whole world they created. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with so you. I guess I'm a little Grinchy in that respect. But, but you know. uh, spoiler. Spoiler, it's not going to be on my top 10 list later on. And I don't think it's going to be on Mike's, but, you know, I could be wrong. No, it's uh, ironically, uh, you know, this is going to we are doing our top 10 Christmas or holiday movies of the 2000s and how the Grinch Stole Christmas came out in the 2000s. But uh, I, I think it's safe to say it probably won't be on either of our lists. Yes. Why don't we get into the to how the Grinch Stole Christmas then, Phil? Why don't you give us a, a quick breakdown of the film? I think most people know this story pretty well. OK, outside the town of who? <coughs> Outside the town of Hooville lives the Grinch, played by Jim Carrey. He plans to ruin Christmas for the townsfolk because he hates it because of stuff that's gone in his past. However, six-year-old Cindy Lou Who, played by Taylor Momsen, and the Grinch's old crush, Martha May Hoovia, played by Christine Baranski, end up uh, convincing the Grinch that Christmas doesn't just come from the store, it means a little bit more. She, she ends up leaving Mayor Augustus Mayhew, who she'd been going out with, and returns to the Grinch, who she realised she cared about all along. Very nicely done. I like it. Thank you very much. So uh, do you want to give us a day, what goes on in your day after, Mike? I would love to. All right, here we go. Buckle up, Phil. Here we go. Augustus Mayhew was utterly disgraced. He had no fiancé, no job. He'd completely lost face. And he knew exactly whose fault it was, too. The Grinch and that infernal Cindy Lou Who. When the Grinch moved into Whoville, Augustus near blew his top. He headed up Mount Crumpet to scheme and to plot. He peered through the telescope and into the town, and what he saw made him feel even more down. For there, down in Whoville, it was almost New Year's, and the townspeople were happy and in quite good cheer. The annual celebration was going quite strong. He could hear glasses clinking amid New Year's songs. As he sat there and stewed in his self-wrought dismay, he didn't know it, but his heart shrank three sizes that day. And that's my day after. Bloody hell, Mike, you've only gone and done it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you thank you i appreciate wow. it wow when you started i was going has he just done the first few lines but don't know wow <laughs> nope nope the whole thing the whole <laughs> wow I, Believe I, it well or not. I, I i'm very impressed then that was splendid thank you and i like the, thank I like, you i appreciate that i like the way the tale's going as well oh thank you i tried to make it not just rhyme actually a little behind the curtain I was I was almost done writing it when I got the idea to do it in rhyme. So I took everything I'd already written and then I went back. I already had all the plot laid out and I just went back and sort of re reformed all the lines to make them to make them rhyme. Wow. So well, that made it a little easier. I look but. forward to hearing the rest of it. I, it's it's most impressive. Thank you. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. I I was thinking about making my rhyme, but I'm not very good at making rhymes. <laughs> so I decided. It is uh that that is a skill that maybe would would make it easier. I would think. Yeah. I think so too. All right. Well, why don't you go ahead then and give us your day after? Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I will. Damn it! I can't think of any rhymes for any word. <laughs> Bird did it. Nailed it. <laughs> no, it oh, yeah. Nailed it, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> In your face, That's Mike. That's one for the ages. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. I bow down to your superior rhyming skills, sir. Yeah. Brits beat US once again. It, it is a trend. <laughs> Except for that whole Revolutionary War thing. Yeah, we don't talk about that, though, Mike. <laughs> That's in the past. 
We're looking forward. Right, right, right. We don't dwell. Yeah, I rhymed bird with word. You did a whole. <laughs> that's that's Damn right. It. Exactly. Okay. That erases all past transgressions. <laughs> that's clearly the most recent victory. That's the one we're sticking with. Great Britain won. America zero. But yeah, and that's I'm going to the United Nations uh, next week, and I'm going to be discussing that in more detail. So if anybody's there, uh, uh, be sure to you know applaud when I talk. Okay. All right. Where's it going tonight? I, <laughs> I have no idea. I think it is just water I'm drinking, but... I, I know, I'm not even drinking eggnog yet. Okay, my day after. The Grinch woke the next morning. He felt odd, and he wasn't sure what the strange affliction was. His cheeks ached, and his heart beat loudly in his chest. Then he remembered. He was happy. His Christmas day had been wonderful, and he no longer felt alone. And Martha wanted to see him. She wanted to spend more time with him. As he walked around the cave, he played with Max the dog as he sang a song of love and wondered what he should wear for his date with Martha. Cue a humorous montage of the Grinch putting on different stuff like in the film. <clears throat> right. I can, I can totally picture it. <laughs> yeah. And Jim Carrey would be really subtle with his, you know, his things. Right. He, oh, he was good in the role anyway. Yeah, yeah. He was interrupted by a dull cracking and booming noise from above. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say at the start, uh, my daughter gave me the inspiration for this one. We were talking about it the other night, and she said, well, how about this? Okay. And so, cautiously investigating, the Grinch moved to the top of the mountain. More noises made the situation easy to find, but the Grinch was dismayed when he found the source. A large crevasse had spread and opened in the ice and snow. If it got any larger, then hundreds of tons of snow, ice and stone would fall onto Whoville, wiping it off the map. And that's my day after. Oh man, that's some peril right there. It certainly is. Dun, dun, dun. But I like that this is kind of like now taking The Grinch, a movie I don't like, and turning it into maybe a disaster film, which is a genre I love. So I know. I'm already more invested in your film than I am the actual film. Well, thank you very much. But uh, I want to see how good your rhymes are in the next part <laughs> of your, your story. Okay, here we go. Down in Whoville, life had returned to its normal. Things were better than ever, and it had been made formal. How are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> The Grinch had been put in charge of the town, and he made Cindy Lou Who his deputy clown. Together they made Whoville the happiest place. It was constant celebrations at a record new pace. Valentine's, Easter, Groundhog's Day, and more had parties and shindigs like never before. If the Grinch found himself grumpy or wearing a frown, Cindy Lou Who would always turn it upside down. The new, more cheerful Grinch was well-loved by the Whos, and soon his green fur and bad mood were old news. It seems that all he needed was the love of his town to reveal who the Grinch had truly been up till now. But up on Mount Crumpet, Augustus Mayhew had changed from his old self into someone new. When his heart shrank, it transformed him most mean. He grew hair and fur, and he could swear they were green. And that's where we're going to leave it for now. Ooh, I like it. I like it once again. Well, that's, uh, that's excellent work, Mike. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Now, once in a while, I got to bring my A game. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the time, people are getting like my C plus game, maybe a B minus if I'm feeling it. But today, it's my A game. Well, I'm glad for the 101st <laughs> episode, you, you brought your A game. Yeah, I finally decided to bring yeah. my A game. <laughs> Take off the kid gloves and let's rock. That's right. All right. Well, let's hear what's going on in your immediate aftermath. I want to hear about this potential disaster. Okay. The Grinch had been arguing with the mayor for what felt like hours. For some reason, the mayor didn't believe the Grinch. He wouldn't even go to the top of the mountain to see. Then the Grinch saw Martha walk by and realized the mayor was jealous of the Grinch. The Grinch couldn't believe that someone would be jealous of him, and he was surprised to find that that made him a little bit happy. This was immediately replaced by anger at the thought that the mayor would ignore his warnings just over some petty jealousy. The Grinch stalked out of the mayor's office when an idea struck him. It was brilliant, but it made him sad, but he had to do it. He might not be able to save the town, but he could at least try and save the townsfolk. He rushed over to Martha and kissed her. 
Before she had a chance to speak, the Grinch said, Please know that I love you and thank everyone for giving me the gift of happiness. But the townsfolk are in peril and I must do something terrible to save everyone. He kissed Martha again and then rushed off to put his plan into action. And mm. That's my immediate aftermath. I'm quite intrigued to see what this plan is. And I, I like the I like the pathos you're bringing to the story, Phil, I have to say. Thank you very much. It's now going to be, my next part's going to be on a quest to find Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> I mean, I wish listen. I've, I've just thought of that now. I wish I'd done that, but no. I mean, if you're going to have a disaster film, you may yeah. as well have Dwayne Johnson. You know? Damn it, Phil, you can't rhyme. And you didn't get Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Obviously, you didn't bring your A game tonight. No, I think I brought my tinsel get. No, that's, can't even make puns. Oh, God, Phil, what's happened to you? Oh, dear God. Good thing we're taking a This is why we're taking a break. Yeah, yeah. I need to recharge. Okay, so that was... Uh, we're, we're on the home stretch now, Mike. Let's hear your long term. What's going on with the mayor? And are you going to bring it home with rhyming all the way through? Well, it would be disappointing if I did the first two in rhyme and then the third one, I was just like, ah, we're done with the rhyme. So but I that think... could sum up this show so well. <laughs> it could indeed. All right, here we go. Go on, do it. It was Christmas Eve and Whoville was singing. The Grinch was in charge and sleigh bells were ringing. It was time for the entire town to feast, so the Grinch, he carved up the traditional roast beast. Just then came a crash and a bang and a clatter, and in burst Augustus, looking something the matter. He no longer looked like the mayor to do. Instead, he looked like, well, you know who. <laughs> his hair was long and stringy and green, and his face had permanently scowled into mean. He loudly announced that Christmas had come to an end, and that he, the new Grinch, would no longer pretend. All holidays were cancelled, all fun was to stop, he proclaimed as he laughed like a maniacal fop. But the Who's would not have it, they stood up to his plan, and Cindy Lou Who took him right by the hand. She looked in his eyes as the Grinch gave him a hug, and Augustus felt his anger dissolve in a shrug. The Who's could forgive him after all that he'd done? Well, if that didn't leave him simply quite stunned. As the tears welled up in Augustus's eyes, he could feel his heart return to its previous size. And from that day forward, no who was ever sad, for the Grinch and Augustus and Cindy Lou had once again proven that true joy comes from peace and love and good friends and, of course, fresh roast beast. <laughs> and that's the end. Bravo, sir. Bravo. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That was, that was very good. Thank you. Thank you. It was a, it was a good tale, um, obviously enhanced by making it uh, rhyme like a... Uh, Classic Dr. Seuss. Thanks. I, I I will admit I had a lot of fun doing it. So I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And I, I hope and think our listeners will as well. Yes, most definitely. It's made, it's made you know, me reassess the Grinch. Wow. No, I still don't like the film. Still don't like the film. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't either. <laughs> but I like, I like doing this. So, all right. But let's hear about uh, this. I want to hear about this nefarious but yet good plan that the Grinch has to save the town. Okay. The Grinch sat alone. The mountain had collapsed and destroyed Hooville. The Who's had evacuated weeks before after the Grinch had launched a campaign of terror. He had tried just telling everyone about the mountain, but they either hadn't believed him and the mayor had been saying it was all fake news. Uh, some of them didn't think the problem was actually that bad and would, you know, they'd be able to just ride it out. With a heavy heart, the Grinch had put his full plan into action. He knew that the townsfolk would find it easy to think the Grinch had gone back to being cruel. He'd sabotaged the sewage system, ridden around the town, playing loud, hideous music. He stole all the food. He messed with the power supply. You name it, he did it. Stuff that you can't even imagine, but... If you could imagine them, it'll be in rhyme. <laughs> and in a montage. Yeah. It, it started slowly, but people began to leave the town. As the Grinch's plans made the town more uninhabitable, more and more people left until all had gone. The very next day that the last person left, the mountain fell and wiped Hoovel from the map. The Grinch had made it to safety, but sadly Max the dog had been caught 
and the Grinch could not find him anywhere. Oh. I know. Sorry about that. Terrible. He had seen news reports from other towns and cities which reported that the Grinch had caused the destruction of Hooville. The Grinch was not surprised by the stupidity of it all. He'd done the right thing, but at what cost? So he sat all alone in a small makeshift shack with just a small fire burning. For a moment he thought it was his imagination, but then he heard it again. Someone was calling his name. He dashed out and stopped, stunned. There was Martha walking towards him. She waved and smiled. At her side walked Max. He had like a sling on one leg, but he was managing to hobble along okay. <laughs> the Grinch rushed to Martha and they hugged and then kissed. The Grinch played with Max and the Grinch's cheeks began to ache. He didn't mind in the slightest. Aww. And that's that's my ending for the how the ah, Grinch looked. I business. like it. Thank you very much. I like that. That is a good plan, though. I, I like, I, I totally get how they wouldn't believe him, so he had to drive them away at personal cost. Yeah, he's got to play play on his strengths. Play on yeah, his strengths. Love it. Great, great ending, Phil. Both, I mean, good endings for films we didn't like, you know? Yeah, I know. It's weird. Yeah. But no, I liked your ending. Very good. Thank you. Likewise. All right. Well, Phil, I believe it is time to find out about the Grinch who stole trivia. That worked, Mike. I like it. Bravo, Thank sir. You. Bravo. <laughs> yes, uh, Jim Carrey spent 92 days in total in Grinch makeup. It was oh God. three hours to put on in the morning and one hour to take off. Yeesh. It was the, the the main, the body was like a, a costume you could put on, which had yak hair dyed green. Uh, three knitters uh, produced 250 pieces of original knitwear for the film in four months. That works out at 83.3 sweaters per person in 128 days. So they're all hand-knitted. That's amazing work. Yeah. Uh, and there are 40,000 computer-generated trees in the opening shot sequence. Wow. And that's uh, that's the Grinch. Very cool. All right. Well, there you go. So those are our endings for How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And uh, let us never speak of this film again. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, now it is time for our top 10 list. So it is as we always do at this time of the year. It's time for our top 10 holiday or Christmas movies of the 2000s. We've previously done the 80s and the 90s. And we'll get to some other decades as we go. But this time around, it's the 2000s. Phil, what did you think of this decade as a whole for Christmas movies? Uh, a tough one to pick, actually, because there weren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was there was there was a few, but there was yeah. It was just a tough one to do. You know, here's what I figured out: having done this three times now, I love a good Christmas movie. There's yeah. just really very few of them. Yes, there's a lot of Christmas movies. Yeah, but there's very few good ones. Uh, and so that makes these lists quite tricky, which is why we do them obviously as a whole decade, because there's not enough films in one year necessarily to, to put together a top 10 list. But I, I've got a list of 10 here. And, you know, I would say there's probably uh, three or four that I like really, really love. And everything else is just films that I kind of, you know, I like, you know, to varying degrees. But um, yeah, I just think getting doing a good Christmas movie is harder than people think. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think so as well. It's it's uh, it's just looking at this, I mean, there's so much there's so much schlock and things like that, which at the time when you're watching them, you know, if they're like the Hallmark channel or whatever channel like they show on and you just go in, oh, and the, while you're watching them, you're eating a mince pie or something, you're going, oh yeah, it's, it's perfectly, it, it, it wiles away like an hour and a half, but it's, most of them are instantly forgettable. Yeah. I mean, we're going to differ a little bit on that because I'm an obsessive Hallmark movie. I know Christmas you're a huge fan. fan of them, so yeah, you have more choice. But the, you <laughs> We've been watching them for weeks already, yeah. and they're, you know, well, my whole family loves to watch them. Well, you know, them, you know so. what I mean, though? Even, I mean, there's lots of the ones where you, you watch them at the time and you're going, yeah, Christmassy, and then you go. Right. We, we actually we had a friend stop by the other night, and I was, that we had a Hallmark Christmas movie on, and I was saying, oh, this one's terrible. And she's like, don't pick on the Hallmark movies. I'm like, no, no, I love the Hallmark movies. This one isn't a good one. There are good ones, and there are bad ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, I watched them all, but but 
you know, some of them are really just poorly written or poorly acted. And some of them are really cute and charming and funny and, and you know, enjoyable. And, you know, as with any other genre of film, there's good ones and bad ones. So I, I don't defend them, you know, blanketly, yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. I do love them overall. Yeah. Okay, then, well, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what's on your list. Do you want to kick things off, Mike? Sure. My number 10 is the obligatory Disney Christmas uh, movie. It is Mickey's Magical Christmas Snowed In at the House of Mouse, and it came out in 2001. Uh, I think it might have been direct-to-video, but basically it's all the Disney characters get snowed in, and so to pass the time, they quote, watch home videos, which is basically showing, like, short Disney Christmas cartoons from the past. We all know how much I love Disney. I love the, yeah. the classic Disney characters. This is all your, you know, Mickey and Donald and Goofy and Daisy and Minnie and, you know, Pluto and Chippendale and all those types of characters. And, uh, yeah, I, I, it's fun. I've seen it a couple times, you know, and uh, that's my number 10. Cool. Uh, good pick. Uh, no, I don't think there's any Disney ones on my list. Fair enough. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, okay, my number 10 is the Polar Express, which was uh, the Robert Zemeckis one. It's, yep. it's never... I think I, I think I really like the, the the opening bit where you know the the kids are sleeping and he's waking up and it's like the what's going on it's the magical side of things it's but it's it's just a, it has too much of the uncanny valley in it to be truly magical for me yeah and it just seems it seems to be it's a bit too long I think it would have worked better like as a half hour thing maybe right right forty minutes tops but on the whole I mean Tom Hanks is always good but it just uh, it just seems too two bits it's like they had some good ideas and they just found a way to put them all together right and as a whole it doesn't work it doesn't work as a whole film but there's moments in it which i really like yes and as we've said at the start there's it's not that much of a choice so this is my number 10 right i got you all right good pick all right well my number nine is actually one of the aforementioned hallmark christmas movies i cheated a little bit by putting it on here but i thought i gotta get one and this is one of my favorites it's called the christmas card it's from 2006 and uh it stars john hames newton and some blonde actress whose name escapes me at the moment. <laughs> she looks like every other blonde actress in all the Hallmark movies. Um, but it does also have a small part by our friend Chad Michael Collins uh, from the Sniper movies. Who's, oh, Chad Michael Collins. Yes, who's been on our show a couple times. And we, we actually talked to him about being in the Hallmark Christmas movies. So that's kind of part of why I picked this one. This is one of those movies that... It, I, I, it has a fond memory for me because I watched it like literally the day before we interviewed him, the first time we talked to him. And I was like, that's Chad Michael Collins. And it's a, it's a good movie about a soldier who f he finds his way to this small town where they send Christmas cards to soldiers and, you know, he falls in love with one of the girls who sends the cards. And, you know, it's it's very typical of what those Hallmark movies are, but I, I like it. And it's just one that I, I kind of, you know, a lot of them, like you said, tend to blur together, but this is one that stands out for me. So that's it's called The Christmas Card from 2006. Excellent. Excellent choice. Uh, let's see. Okay, my number nine is a film called Santa's Slay. And Slay spelled S-L-A-Y. This is a, it's a comedy horror and it stars uh, Bill Goldberg, who I believe is a wrestler. Yeah. But it's uh, basically, it's, it starts off as people having Christmas dinner. Santa comes down the chimney and kills them all. <laughs> and as you go, Santa's basically going around killing everybody uh, with his, on his sleigh, which is driven by Hell Deer. And we, we learn that uh, Santa was actually, was produced by Satan. And because he lost a curling match with an angel, <laughs> he, had to deliver, he had to deliver presents for, for a thousand years. But then it's, that time went out and now he's just back to killing everything. Uh, it's just, it's as stupid as it sounds, but if you want to see Father Christmas going around killing people in inventive ways involving Christmas things, bits and pieces, it's 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 well worth a watch. It's not the best Christmas horror movie, but uh, I do like the fact Christmas is, you know, you have lots of ghost stories and things like that. And sometimes you just want to watch a cheesy Christmas horror movie. And this is, uh, this, this, 
this certainly hits the spot. Yeah, I've actually wanted to see that one. And I, 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 when I was going through the movies, I saw, I was like, oh, I wish I could put that on my list, but I haven't gotten around to watching it still. So, yeah. but I do want to track it down. Lots of fun, days. lots of fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, my number eight is from 2006 again. It is The Holiday, starring uh, Jack Black, uh, Jude Law, Kate Winslet, and Cameron Diaz. It's directed by Nancy Myers, who's not one of my favorite filmmakers. And how, how, is, this, it, is this your number eight? Yeah, why? Because my number eight is The Holiday. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, then <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, so, you know, it's it's two women. They swap houses for the holidays. They're both single. They both meet guys and they fall in love. Uh, you know, Kate Winslet, Jack Black, and Jude Law are all terrific. And Cameron Diaz is in it. And um, oh, she's not that bad. You know, no, she's not that bad. I just I just don't yeah. love her. But um, as with typical Nancy Myers films, it's way too long. It's like two hours and 20 minutes, which is ridiculous for a romantic comedy. But... Uh, it has some really nice moments, some really sweet moments. I like the bit with Kate Winslet and the older neighbor that she befriends. Yeah, Eli Wallach as well, legend Eli Wallach. Oh, Eli, yeah, Eli Wallach. And so it's again, it's got some great moments in it. It's you know, it's too long, but it's it's still a fun film. Yeah, it's also got our friend Rufus Sewell, who uh, I had a, ah, that's right. I had a nice conversation with the New York Comic Con. We were chatting about you know stuff because we're mates, as as you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, I, what I liked is what. Well, I really like the houses and you know the two houses that the, the women have in this one. Right, right. I, I love that yeah. little cottage that Kate Winslet has, but also love the you know the big house that uh, Cameron Diaz's character has. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 why I watch films for the houses apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right. But no, I, I quite like it. There was yeah, it's nice, nice story, nice romance, nice bit of Christmas. Uh, I will say uh, it's one of those ones where Jack Black does his weird kind of staring, almost creepy kind of stare yeah. that he seems to do in his more serious roles. But uh, on right. the whole, an enjoyable film, and it's both on number eight. There you go. All right. I like it. All right. Well, my number seven is Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman from 2000. Oh, my God. Why have I never heard of this? Well, you might, so you may remember, or some people may remember, that I believe on the uh, 90s list last year was a movie. I had two Jack Frosts on my list. Yeah, yeah, that's One of right, them yeah. was the Michael Keaton family comedy. Yeah. One of them was the low-budget horror slasher film about a snowman that comes to life and, and kills people. Well, this is the sequel. Um, and I remember watching both the films as a double feature when I, when I rented them originally back in probably 2000, 2001. And, you know, I mean... It's it's a movie about a snowman that kills people. So take that as seriously as you want. And I hope it's not very seriously. It is a low budget horror film. It's one of those movies that you watch just to laugh at. But man, it's a lot of fun to laugh at. And I really do enjoy the heck out of these two films. Uh, they're they're stupid and they're cheesy, but they're just they're silly fun. So uh, Jack Frost 2 had to make it on my list just because I have fond memories of, of watching the snowman murder people awesome. in various ways. I think, yeah. I think I'll have to uh, try and watch that. Yeah. Not with the kids, though. No, no, no. no definitely <laughs> My number seven is uh, it's a Brett Ratner film of all things. Oh God! But it's it's from two thousand. It's the Family Man, which stars Nicolas yep. Cage and Tia Leone. It's basically a, uh, the story is basically it's a wonderful life. Uh, Nicolas Cage is a rich businessman who then gets asked by uh, a guy played by Don Cheadle whether he's happy with his life, and then he finds out that things have changed, and then he gets to live his life. He sort of goes back to how he's lived his life with these people who he'd uh, you know what could have been. But it's like a full life. It's not just like one night that he, he has. It's a, it's an awful long time. But I, I like the basic setup for that kind of story. Uh, Nicholas Cage in one of his more toned down roles, uh, and it's just it's just a nice nice story, uh, nice Christmas film. 
Uh, nice isn't the best way to describe things, but that's what this film is. It's just nice. Well, as, a, as appealing as a remake of one of my favorite movies starring Nicolas Cage and directed by Brett Ratner <laughs> sounds, uh, so surprisingly, I've never gotten around to watching it. Although I do have a friend who swears by it, claims it's one of his favorite movies and tells me I have to watch it. And I do actually have plans to watch it one of these days because I, I do understand it's a pretty good film. So yeah, I, it, I'm not surprised it's, it's on your it's list, worth checking but out. I haven't seen it. But what would, what would Nicolas Cage say, Mike? Uh, he would say... Well, Merry Christmas to you, you silly old theater. And Merry Christmas to you, you savings and loan. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is my one impression. Oh, Nicholas Cage. Brilliant. Thanks. Okay, well, my number six has already appeared on your list, and it is The Polar Express from 2004. Um, like you, I agree, this film does have its flaws, most especially the Uncanny Valley, you know, which is that thing where computer-generated characters have this weird thing in their eyes that makes them look realistic but creepily not realistic at the same time. Mm. But the reason this one, I think, is a little higher on the list for me, I, I mean, I feel pretty much the same way as you do about it, but I do admit that it's never a movie I really want to watch, but when it's on, I end up getting sucked into it more than I expect to. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I'll give, yeah. I kind of get wrapped up in the story, and by the end, I'm like, oh, yay, and a little tear in the eye at the end, you know, whatever. Like, so, I, you know, yeah. it's not like a, a, a true favorite favorite, but I do I do enjoy it if it's on, you know, I can watch it and at least go, all right, there's some things. And like you said, Tom Hanks is always fantastic, and I think he plays, like, five roles so it's kind of neat to see how that's all done yeah no good good choice i can see i can see what's a little bit higher on your list but yeah it's an odd, it's an odd film <laughs> yes it is yes it is yeah. okay my number six is nativity with an exclamation mark at the back at the yes, end yes another one i want another one i have wanted to see and have not yet yeah this is uh it's quite it's quite fun there's been three or four of them now i think there's a new one just come out this year yeah this one is the first one i would stars martin freeman ashley jensen uh pam ferris ricky Tom, a lot of people uh but it's set in a school uh, primary school where the teacher Martin Freeman's try, trying to put on the best Christmas show because he's got a rivalry with a, a guy another one and it's basically it's a lot of it was improvised especially with the kids uh, but it's, it's it's very funny it's uh, it's 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 good fun to watch with the whole family uh, Mr. there's a character called Mr. Poppy who's sort of like a bit he's like the comedy character but it's it does it does make me laugh and it's uh, it's just funny it's some of the stuff the kids say and do is just great and once you find out that it is lots heavily improvised it makes it even funnier and that's my number six. Yeah, it's one I've really wanted to see. I've heard very good things about it. And, you know, the problem with that is one of those movies, it's a very, like, British film. It got a big release over in England. And then yeah, here, I yeah. think it went straight to video, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I just never ended up seeing it. So, but I, I will track it down one of these days. All right. Well, my number five is a little bit of a cheat in that it was a TV movie or I think actually a TV miniseries. It is Terry Pratchett's The Hogfather. Oh, good call. Yeah, I like that. I didn't even think about putting that on my list. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was from 2006. I believe it was the first filmed Discworld. Uh, project and basically it's like Christmas on Discworld there's the Hogfather who's basically that version of Santa Claus goes missing and his uh, granddaughter has to try and find him while death takes his place um, and uh, I don't have a ton of experience with Terry Pratchett books and, and stories I've read a couple but not a ton um, but I really liked this one it was a, I think a BBC production so it's not like a super huge budget or anything but it's got this really cool vibe to it. it's got a great sense of humor it's kind of like watching a doctor who christmas special it kind of has a similar feel yeah to that. yeah it's the big bbc thing yeah right. never enough money but they, they try and do the best they can exactly and they and the heart is there you know um it's got michelle dockery from downton abbey who i love 
Um, and not a whole lot of big name stars, but it's just it's kind of fun and goofy and different. It, like if you really want to watch something for Christmas, but you're you've seen every Christmas movie a million times, and you you're like, what else can I watch? This is one to track down because it's just very unique and different, but still has that holiday feeling to it. Oh, that's uh, an excellent choice, Mike. Uh, my number five has a slight connection to that because uh, uh, the voice of Death in The Hogfather was uh, was Ian Richardson, the actor. And the film for my number five was uh, features one of his last appearances before he sadly passed away. But it's from this one's from two thousand five. It's a it's an epic war drama called Joyeux Noël or Merry Christmas, and it's basically it's all about the Christmas truce of December nineteen fourteen in World War One, where the French, Scottish, and German soldiers and whoever else were uh, called the truce, and and you know for that day they went and played football or. You know, shared shared whatever food they had, cigarettes, had a smoke, had a chat, didn't kill each other, which I think was the big thing. Yeah. But it's uh, this is like it's a it's a drama set at that time, uh, and we we keep cutting between uh, the, some Scottish uh, soldiers, some German show, soldiers, uh, and a few other you know you know people that they knew back home and things like that. But it's it's just it's supremely well done. Uh, it's it gives you those it shows you the moments of of beauty when things are looking so terrible. And how people can come together uh, at the worst of times. Uh, it's 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 got some. It's going to make you cry, uh, but it's uh, it's a beautiful film. It's got a hell of a cast as well, like uh, Daniel Brühl, Diane Kruger, loads of other people, loads lots of faces that you'll recognise. Uh, but uh, it's really worth checking out if you've never seen it. But it's my number five. All right, excellent pick. My number four is Serendipity from 2001, starring John Cusack and uh, Kate Beckinsale. Uh, it's a, a romantic comedy. It's about a guy and a girl. They meet. He gets her phone number on Christmas Eve. It blows away in the wind, and he can't find her again. Ten years later, on Christmas Eve, they meet again, and he believes it is serendipity. It's not the most Christmassy of Christmas movies. It's, it. you know, my rule of thumb is is, you know, is the movie about Christmas to be a Christmas movie? This one is not about Christmas, but you know we're working with you know what we got for this decade. So, <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Neither is this, but it makes it onto my list because uh, I didn't have a lot to pick from. So <laughs> it's a really fun romantic comedy. It does it ticks all the right boxes for romantic comedies, and uh, I love John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. They're a lot of fun together, um, and you know it's it's a it's an enjoyable movie. Quick way to kill ninety minutes, especially at the holidays. So. Serendipity is my number four. Oh, I'll have to give that a watch then. I've never, I've never seen it. I'm aware of it, but I've oh, never, really? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's very enjoyable because I, I like I like the cast. So yeah, it's not going to rock your world or anything, but it's it's a good fun way to kill ninety minutes. Like I said, and, and you know, it's it's just a, a fun, sweet movie. Very good. Okay, my number four is uh, from two thousand and nine. It's a Christmas Carol, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. This time, the Uncanny Valley isn't too bad because it's another computer-generated one. Uh, they'd learn from Apollo Express, and this one stars Jim Carrey as Ebenezer Scrooge and lots of other characters. I think he does all the ghosts as well. I believe he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he does like all the characters pretty much. Yeah, and it took me a while. I didn't see this at the time when it was released, but uh, the, the voice cast is amazing. But uh, I, I don't know why I didn't see it because I always liked Christmas Carol. But uh, when I finally did sit down and watch, I was blown away. It was uh, it was amazing. The character design was was amazing and very creepy. Uh, the whole of London because it's all computer generated that you know you'd have these amazing flying scenes over the city and things like that but uh jim carrey was amazing in all the roles uh and it just yeah a very solid retelling of uh charles dickens 1843 story very good pick all right my number three uh like serendipity not entirely a christmas movie but more of a christmas movie it is love actually from 2003 ah, and it's my number three as well oh look at that yeah. i mean it's it's a great film it's a great romantic dramedy if you will i i will say 
I've seen the last half hour of Love Actually about 150 times. <laughs> and the rest of the movie I've seen maybe twice. I, I don't know what it is. Around this time of year, it always it's always on. We always catch the last 20 minutes or so. It's a half an hour of it. And we leave it on. And I've just seen everything from, <laughs> you know, like the school play on, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know, a, a million times. But it is a really fun movie. And, I mean, just an astounding cast. A great romance with a lot of holiday stuff in it. It's a, it's a, you know, it's good to watch any time of year, but it's it's a lot of fun to watch at this time of year. Yeah, and I love the way it's all separate stories, but they are all connected. Yes, agree. They do that really yeah. well. I, I do. Uh, I'm a bit. Uh, the Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson storyline always breaks my heart. But I think my favorite story in it is the one with uh, uh, Colin Firth when he goes abroad. You know, he's the writer and things yes. like that. I think I like that. Yes. That's my favorite one. I think my favorite one is Hugh Grant and Martine McCutcheon. I just really enjoy that whole that whole bit. But that's one of the lighter ones, obviously. So Yeah. Uh, yeah and Bill Nye as well because he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's a good sure. film and it's on number three. Very good. All right. Well, my number two then has already appeared on your list and it is Joya Noel or Merry Christmas. Uh, this is one of my favorite Christmas movies, hands down, actually. I think this movie is fantastic. I saw it back when it came out in 2005, and I, I just fell in love with it. It is such a moving, dramatic film. You know, it's it's told in three languages, and it's about these soldiers, this true story of soldiers coming together on Christmas Eve and having this truce. I mean, it's just, it's really powerful. And like you said, it will make you cry, but in a good way. Um, I, I believe I've mentioned this film actually a couple times before. I know it was on my 2005 Top 10 and I think it was on one of my mini episode lists as well. So it's it's not one that people have never heard me talk about before. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really do love this film, and, and it was an easy pick for my number two. Okay, my number two is a film called uh, a little film called Elf, directed by John Favreau. Yeah, I think I think I've heard of it. Yeah, it stars Will Ferrell. Uh, we all we all know it. Uh, Will Ferrell in one of his. I I really like Will Ferrell and all the things he does. Uh, but uh, but uh, this one he does it just his his persona works so well with this character. Uh, it's just stupid, ridiculous, and very funny. And I'm sure somebody will be talking about it a lot more in a moment. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Uh, my number one is the Santa Claus 2. No. Um, <laughs> well, seeing as how just last week Elf made my top 20 movies of all time, uh, pretty safe bet that it's my number one. And of course it is. Uh, and I just talked about it at length last week, so I don't need to go into it too much. I will just say that at this time of year, the elf quotes are flying around my house because we do watch it so often. So there's, there's, I mean, never a day goes by where we're not, you know, going, Santa, oh my God, Santa's coming. <laughs> you know, you, you sit on a throne of lies. And I still, to this day, if I see a, I think I've told the story before on the show, but if not, I'll tell it again. If I see a sign somewhere that says like world's best anything, <laughs> like world's best cup of coffee, I have to go, congratulations, you did it. Because that's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie where it says world's best cup of coffee. And it, yeah, I like congratulates that. them. Anytime I see that, my wife will tell you, if I see a sign that says that, I will automatically say that. So this is a highly quotable movie. I love it. Uh, I, and I talked about it last week, so that's all I need to say. But my number one is Elf. Pretty uh, pretty easy choice there. Excellent choice. And if you haven't seen the film, you're cotton-headed ninny muggins. So go out and watch <laughs> That's right. Bye, oh. buddy. Hope you find your dad. Son of a nutcracker. Okay. <laughs> I must try and say that this Christmas, son of a nutcracker. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we went after the ending of Elf in uh, an early episode. Oh, yeah. 
So if you're looking for a little extra Christmas cheer, because this episode isn't enough for you, you can go back to episode number... Yes, episode number... I can't... Oh, yeah. Episode number 36. Yes, episode 36. And you can listen to our After the Endings for Elf, which clearly is one of our favorite Christmas movies, as it was my number one and Phil's number two. Yeah, episode 36, where we also went after the ending with It's a Wonderful Life. So if you want a bit of Christmas cheer... That's right. That was our first holiday extravaganza, our first annual holiday show. Um, yeah, and we also... What was the other one? We, if you want some more Christmas, before I get to my number one, you know, because I'm building the suspense... Keep it going, Phil. Keep it going. It's... Episode 71. We did a, it's a Miracle on 34th Street, and that was episode 71. There you go. But now, is it worth the wait? Probably not. <laughs> I hope this is a, I hope that the suspense is worth it, Phil. Dazzle us. But mine is a black comedy from 2003, uh, which stars Billy Bob Thornton. It's Bad Santa. Ah, yes. Because I, I really like this film, because when I went to see it, I hadn't really, for some reason, it, it, I hadn't read anything about it, which on the internet makes it harder and harder to do. But I went in and sat down and watched it and was just i was just laughing all the way through with how disgusting it was and how crude uh, but at its heart it was a christmas story and it did deal with christmas mes- messages of you know love loving thy neighbor doing good things even if you're a bad person uh, it's got a great sporting cast and i think it's one of billy bob thornton's finest uh roles and i just love it again it's very quotable but I probably can't quote any if you want to keep this show <laughs> yeah. for the kids. Not on this, uh, not on this show, yeah. But uh, and also it stars the late great John Ritter. Oh, and the late great Bernie Mac as well. Now, see, this is one I actually have never seen. Oh, okay. Uh, and the reason for that is because I remember when the movie came out and I saw the trailer for it, and I hated that trailer so much that it made me never want to see the film as long as I live. Oh, now, okay. yeah, I, yeah. I know it's gone on to become something of a cult classic and people really like it. So it is a movie that I plan to get around to one of these days. I'm just not going to go out of my way for it. It's going to have to show up on one of the streaming services or on TV yeah. and then I'll watch it. But I really do remember the trailer just turning me off. You can def- it's definitely worth watching, but the second one you can give a miss because it just it seems to try too hard. Right. And it's one of those ones where... You- you know, you only need the first one. It told I don't think it was a film that needed a sequel. Yeah. That's yeah. not my impression of it. But good choice. Good yeah. choice. And it is one I'm going to track down eventually. Yeah. So if you want a bit of fun, crude holiday fun, you've got that and Santa's Sleigh and uh, Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the yeah. Mutant Snowman. Well, in fact, all of these are great. Uh, well, yeah. Some of these are good. Some of them aren't that good, but they're all worth a yeah, watch. Yeah, if I would use the word great yeah. to describe Jack Frost 2, but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. The fun and the, the Christmas scene, you'll go, fair. Eh. Yeah. You'll go, fair. <laughs> Yeah, that was Christmas. There we go. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, there there it is. That is our top 10 Christmas slash holiday movies of the 2000s. And that is our episode, which means that is our final episode for the year. We will be back next year. Do not confuse this with being our final episode. We'll be back. We're going to have lots of cool new stuff in the new year. Uh, we're going to kick off with our top 10 movies of 2018, most likely. Uh, so we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, we're not going to preview the episode because yeah, we got a few weeks off. We'll think about it later, right, Phil? Yes. Uh, needless to say, we'll be going after the ending of a couple of films. And probably in between now and when we record, Mike and I are probably going to be furiously watching some of the films we didn't have a chance to see this year just to make sure we get a... We get the fullest list we can. Yeah, exactly. It's always I always hate doing those, you know, the top ten of the year before at the beginning of the year because there's always those handful that come out at the end of the year, the big Oscar contenders yeah. we just don't get to yet, you know. But we'll do our best as we always do, and uh, we'll be back, uh, like I said, in the new year with a new episode and lots more after the ending fun. Yes. So whatever you're doing this holiday, whatever you celebrate or if you don't celebrate, whatever it is, 
Just have a good time. Have Be kind to all your friends and neighbours. Check on any old neighbours who, you know, just make sure they need anything or they need to get the snow removed from the path. Just have a lovely time. Hug all your friends and family. Have lots, have lots to eat and drink, but not too much to drink. Don't drink and drive. And... Have a wonderful time at this time of year. Yeah, couldn't have put it better myself, Phil. So yes, uh, what what he said. Plus, you know, have a safe and and happy and merry Christmas and happy holidays and like you said, whatever you celebrate. Thanks for sticking with us all year and, and listening to the show. We really do appreciate all of our listeners, and uh, we'll be back. So so enjoy the break, but uh, but stick with us. We'll be back in the new year. Twenty nineteen's coming at you. Twenty. That's Ooh. right. So. For the final time in 2018, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next year. After the ending. <laughs> Are you Falalalil Edwards? <laughs> Damn it. I always try these like <laughs> these pun things that sound like so good in my head. And then as as I'm saying them out loud, my brain is going like, oh, no, 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 no. I can picture your face as you're saying it going, this sounded good in my head, but it hasn't worked. <laughs> it's because it's, it's we've done 100. It's because we've done 100, Mike. When I'm more professional, I think I'm even starting to sound a little bit posher. Uh, and I think uh, I've been invited to Downton Abbey this, for this <laughs> Christmas festivities. Because it is a real, uh, it's a real place yeah. here in the UK where we we all go there for every Christmas and we uh, we wear suits. All the all the Brits, you mean? Just the entire country goes to Downton Abbey. Oh yes, we all go there because it's uh, it's a little intimate gathering, right? Of of two million yes. people or whatever. Well, it's a little bit more than two million. It's, I think it's. I was going to say that now you realize I have literally no concept of how many people reside in your country. Yes, if I if I just check the uh, the jiggery computery. Uh, for the UK population at the moment, we will see that it is currently 66.02 million. Oh, all right. Circa 2017. So I was close. <laughs> you had to, <laughs> it? <laughs> Damn it, I lost my, my posh accent. But New York also has just all sorts of... We have Greece, we have Rome, we have Florida. Those are all towns in New York, so... What? Go figure. Yeah, I know. It's so annoying. I never forget. I was teaching a class one time and, you know, I'm actually from Florida and I was having people go, you know, Duh, tell me where you're from. Tell me about yourself. And the guy's like, well, you know, I'm I'm Bob and I'm from Florida. I'm like, oh, I'm from Florida too. What part? And he's like, no, no. He's like, Florida. It's the next town over. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a stupid name for a town in New York then. Yeah. Like, why the hell would you name your New York town Florida? Yeah, get lost, Bob. Get out of here. <laughs> get back to Florida. The little Florida. Exactly. You're you're not invited anymore, oh, Bob. Get out of my God, Bob sickens me. <laughs> it's always Bob. Yeah. Bob, if you're listening, thanks for listening. But, you know, for God's sake. Right, right. <laughs> Knock it off, Bob. Who do you think you are? There's a whole state, for God's sake. <laughs> Sorry for any listeners from the town of Florida. I'm sure it's a lovely place. I'm sure it is. I don't think we have too much story about it. I think it has a population of, well, I guess I could say two million. But... <laughs> See, I'm just doing Thanos' work. That's all. I'm making every place two million. <laughs> oh, my God. How did you... I can't do Thanos' voice. It's uh, <laughs> all thing, things. No, no. I like how you say, I can't do Thanos' voice, and then you're like, but I'm not going to let that stop me from I'm trying. I'm going to try. Hold on. <laughs> I can't do his voice, but I can do this. <laughs> That's... Infinity Gauntlet for the win. Now I'll put yeah, my headphones it's, uh, it's been a while since Nick Nolte guest starred on the show, so it's nice to have him back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
Only our long-term listeners who listen to the bloopers every episode will catch that joke. But I mean, I think you can probably figure it out. Ah, <laughs> uh, beautiful. It does. I think it's funny though that that's the sound effect of the Infinity Gauntlet. And it really does just sound like they were like, "Hey, Bob, like go back to Bob again. <laughs> Bob, th- do me a favor. Throw like a big handful of change yeah. into a metal jar and then just slowly rotate it for me, okay?" Yeah. I know, it's crazy. That's, I mean, like, how does that sound like the Infinity Gauntlet? It just does, Mike. And if if that's what the Infinity Gauntlet sounded like, I would use the reality gem to conjure up a can of WD-40 <laughs> and just go, and then all of a sudden it's like, look at that, it doesn't make any noise now. <laughs> I wonder if Nick Nolte has tried gargling WD-40. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's probably one of the problems with, uh, you know, cosmic weapons. They probably just make silly noises. Right, right. <laughs> Just exactly. Just imagine a Silver Surf when we finally see him in the Marvel Universe. What sound will he, he make going through space? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's some. It's some. It's like this is scientifically accurate, but kind of strange. Yeah. It's like he's flying through space at warp speed. It's like bloop 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 Look at the cosmic wonder. That would be something. Hold on a minute. I know what will fix things. Liquor. (laughs) There you go. I've just altered reality, altered my mind. And now, if you don't listen closely, you're going to go blind. Wow. Wow. Hey, Phil, I don't mean to be a dick, but why don't you leave the rhyming to me? (laughs) Don't be a dick, Mike. It's not quite right. Oh, my God. Mike isn't even that hard of a word to run. Was that a polar bear on a bike? (laughs) This might be our stupidest episode ever. Please let me finish, Mike. I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, We've got to hurry up. I've got to trim the tree. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know what's funny, Phil? Yeah. Suddenly, I regret writing my ending in rhyme. (laughs) Oh, but what a time. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just going to start the oven and put it in. I'll be right back. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since there's no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Mike is cooking a ham downstairs in the kitchen. I still can't make things rhyme. Even though we'll try all the while. Damn it. And we'll see you next year. After the ending of 2018. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant, (laughs) Phil.